The Table 40 podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more shows and stories on the intersection of sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. Matt and Leslie here. And today, our special guests are Kristen and Bryant Young. And Bryant played 14 years in the NFL, which is like 35 in baseball. <laughs> so I was looking at this. You played 14 years all for the same team. And you're recently a 49ers Hall of Famer, San Francisco 49ers. And I was thinking 14 years. Like, seriously, the, how many how many guys get to play for 14 years in the NFL? Not a lot. I mean, the average, I think, is about three years. <clears throat> and so uh, to, to even go 5'10", most guys, you know, they, they feel like it's a milestone. They reach a double-digit year. But to go 14 is pretty incredible. Um, and then to do it with one organization is pretty incredible. But, you know, um, you know, through the grace of God and, you know, developing and growing over the years and uh, the marriage – of me wanting to be there and the team wanted me there. Um, it was a good marriage. I got a chance to build a firm foundation in our community. I thought that was important because as you know, free agency, you have opportunities to go different places, but I didn't really have those opportunities. I kind of, you know, just like, if we had a deal done before a free agency year, I, you know, we can make it happen. And most of the times I did it that way, but I wanted to make sure that I had some stability in our community because you know we both got involved in our local community and it was important to me that I was able to do that for my family as we were growing so but a lot of great memories with one organization um so many friendships and experiences as well um but just to be there and live in the bay as long as we have it was a true blessing that's awesome we were there for a short period of time Matt played for the Oakland Athletics for about six months, but um, anyway, we didn't have such a great experience. No, no. <laughs> I'm really happy. That's because it was Oakland. Like San Francisco probably would have been yes. better, right? That would have been better. That would have been better. No, that's incredible. I do want to touch on that really quickly. Um, I love what you said, and I think that that's really important, especially for young athletes that might be listening to this podcast. Like getting involved in in the community in San Francisco or the team that you play for, how did that start for y'all? And um, what sorts of things did you do and what advice would you give young athletes like just that very first step to say, hey, I'm gonna get involved in in, in the city that I'm employed? I, I think, you know, the best thing to do is just go, just do, seek out, um, you know, talk to people in the organization or um, and, uh, around that may know some really solid um, things that, that are going on in the community that you may can attach to, but the, the quicker, the better, um, so they can kind of get a, a real understanding of what's going on and how, how to best serve that community. And um, so that would be my advice. And then, and then too, you know, sometimes, um, a lot of times we can have the tendency to chase the next big thing, but sometimes there's, there's the, there's beauty in just being, having stability, there's growth there. There's so many other things gained um, that we, we may not realize, but, you know, but we have this skewed vision that we need to go and, and, and do it bigger. 
but you know, God can, you know, grow us in so many different ways. Although we may think we're giving up a lot, we gain so, so much more in terms of what we're able to, to um, uh, get from just having some stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I, I think, I don't, I don't know. And every organization is probably different. Um, the Niners had a, um, a community relations department, and then they also had a 49er foundation. And um, some years it's just hard to get guys to, to commit, especially years that are kind of lean and you're not winning as much as you'd like to. It's, it's kind of hard to be out there in this community streets, but um but for us, we just had a, we had a great community relations department mm. and, and the foundation. Um, and so we were able to piggyback what we wanted to do personally as a couple, um, piggyback on some of the things that the foundation was doing anyway. Um, and so like the 49ers had a 49er Academy um, that that was a community, um, a public private partnership. So, um, so we were able to go in and work with a class of students and really get to know them and, and watch them go from middle school to high school. Um, and, and because we, because we were in San Francisco for so long, we, you know, we saw them through high school and, and graduation and stuff like that. So, so it, it's more than just, it was more than just coming to a, an event one time and leaving. It was actually building relationships with young people in the community. So, um, so for us, the end for that was, was naturally through the the 49ers, um, the church that we belong to there. Um, um, and those were kind of natural ends, but at some point, like by year, I don't know, 10 or 11, we had more in common. We were like the old folks. So we had actually more in common with the coaches yeah. <laughs> age wise than the players. So we became like the mom and pop, like the old people were like, come on, let's go do this with us or go do that with us. So also just older players. Um, knowing what they're involved in kind of gives things um, credibility for um, um, just, you know, you, sometimes you, you, you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to be like a, I just want to go to one event. You want to be entrenched. Um, you can either have deep roots or you can have long roots, but sometimes you can't do both. And we wanted the deep roots in the community. So that's really good. That's good advice. That's good advice. Okay. Well, let's go back um, to young y'all. So, <laughs> young us. Yeah, very young us. Very young. A long time ago. That's her. I mean, that's her. I mean, that's about an Oklahoma of a question as I've ever. <laughs> yeah, heard. I'm officially. Let's go back to young y'all. I'm not even sure you y'all. can say that. <laughs> so, no, but I am curious. How did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? You guys are so cute. Uh, our freshman year in in college, we were friends. Um, yeah. In fact, we had. Um, mutual friends that were kind of dating each other yeah and yeah. so we hung out a lot around each other um and then that was kind of our first introduction but we didn't start dating until our sophomore year and um so that's when that happened in 1991 90 was our freshman year 91 was when we first started dating august 27th 1991 and he actually asked me would you be my girlfriend the day we came back from summer break after our freshman year beginning our sophomore year so um so yeah so we we dated we dated uh three years in college we got engaged the night before we graduated which bryant had said at the beginning of our senior year he wanted to be engaged before we graduate which is great but for a girl 
you don't say that because there's mm-hmm. like anniversary, Valentine's Day, Christmas, birthdays, all that came and went. And then the night before we graduated, we got engaged. So, um, so yeah, and then we, we, he went to San Francisco. We knew he was going to San Francisco. I went to Kansas and worked in Kansas for a year. And then at 21, I was like, forget that. Um, so then I moved out to, to California and then we, we were engaged for, yeah, we were engaged for four years. So I probably don't recommend it. It worked for us, Yeah. but, um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was probably my doing more than it was hers. Yeah, for sure. No, we were on that but, lease with the option to buy. Well, I mean, <laughs> we were engaged, but, uh, but I, I think we both have come to the conclusion that, um, had we have gotten married yeah. like a year after, um, we got engaged. It, it we probably ran into more challenges. And in itself, it's, there's always going to be challenges as a young, you know, growing, developing person coming and you got two of these individuals coming together. And so, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it allowed us some time to grow and, you know, we still had a long ways to go, even as a married mm-hmm. couple. Um, yes. But, but it's 23 years and 23 years. And counting. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years and counting. Yeah. So, and we, the, I guess the other part to that too is being, since we dated in college, for me, it, it, I was always defined by Bryant in college. It was like, hey, you're, he was BY, I was, I was KY, KY. Yeah. But, but I felt like in college that, that like people knew like I was dating Bryant, but then when we, when we went um, after we graduated and I got to work for a year, then my life wasn't so much defined by that, that athletic side. And then also um, I was able to, to work for a little bit, live on my own, go to graduate school. Um, And so by the time we got married, although I was like, it was, I was crying a lot. <laughs> I was like, I want to get married. And he's like, not yet. We're not ready yet. And, and looking back, he was right. He was absolutely right. Um, but at the time, I know, I know you've heard she it here. Said, first, but yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was, but, um, but it, it, a lot like, you know, cause it's hard sometimes being married to somebody who everybody knows. And then you're kind of the person that's like, Oh, um, you know, um, in the shadows more. So, um, so I think it, it for us, it, it helped me, allowed me to be established a little bit um, have a life outside of, um, being his significant other and partner and, and it, and it worked. Um, so that's our story and we're sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And you guys went to Notre Dame. We were talking about this before we hit record that Oklahoma state and Notre Dame have a big game coming up, but I'm just kind of, I mean, I'm so curious about Notre Dame. It looks like such a neat school, really beautiful. It is very unique. And, uh, I'll just say this: before I went there, I, I felt like it was this cool, unique place. I did feel that in the sense that, and then having gone through the experience, same thing. Um, so a, even you know to now, that's it's been consistent in terms of how I feel about it, and and others as well, and the environment um, that it brings. Um, I, I, I think. Um, you know, even looking back, the first time I had the opportunity to go to a game after I was done uh, playing was when I retired in 2008. And I knew it was just a, a cool, unique place. And everybody said, oh, it's great, great. And so um, sometimes you could take that for granted that you're there and, you know, you, you're part of this cool thing. 
but I had the chance to experience it on the other side of it, just being a fan coming back and, and watching the game. And so you just felt this real, uh, just um, spiritual almost. <laughs> Touchdown Jesus was there for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, just because it's the, it was, and it's the people too, because the people, you know, they bring you in and they want to make sure that you and you are enjoying your Notre Dame experience, whether it's your first time or it's your 22nd time. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, so that was confirmed for me when I went back in 2008. Like, wow, this is really a special place. And you started, we started, co- we started, you started coaching there. Like that mm-hmm. was your first, um, your first stop in, in the coaching carousel. So yeah. there of, is, yeah. I mean, of, I got history. I got Distinct. there. Yeah, I got there. Sorry, a little, um, a little different. I grew up in Germany. My dad was military. So um, my senior year in high school, I was planning on going to college in London. And my dad got orders to come back to the States because they were like, wait a second, y'all have been here since 1978. And it's 1990. So, um, so halfway through my senior year, I was like, where do I go to school? Um, And my college or my high school basketball coach was from South Bend, Indiana. So he's like, I, there's this great little university you should apply to. So I just applied because my, I knew, because my, my basketball coach told me to apply. I knew nothing about Notre Dame football. I knew nothing about Lake Effect snow. Um, and, and so I was fresh off of the, the airplane my freshman year and didn't realize how huge the football football was for, for and I, I knew the other foosball. I knew like the German right. soccer football. So, um, so yeah, but it but what Bryant said about Notre Dame is is actually true. When you when you go in the summertime, it's it's just a phenomenal campus. Um, the winter and <laughs> Lake Effect snow is not so much fun, but um, but there is something special about just the campus and the people and and the experience of of being there. Even mm-hmm. even you know even without the football, but that's cool. So, really cool. Yeah. Okay, so we teach Bible study to college kids, and it's been one of my most favorite things to do. What kind of dating advice would you guys give since you dated in college and, and Bryant was a very successful athlete and all? I mean, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing, right, for dating in college. And so I am always wanting to pick people's brains on on what worked and what went awry. You know, <laughs> oh gosh, you don't want to talk to week. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, say this first: what you guys are doing is that you are you are providing uh, an opportunity uh, to continue to shepherd people that are that have left home and now it's the first time they're on their own they're independent they're gonna you know make, start making choices on their own without their parents hovering around them and so sometimes you could you can go either way as a Christian and so for you guys to have a ministry where you're speaking to these college students, is what is needed most. And so I, I just say that <clears throat> I wish I would have at the time have had somebody like you that was coming to campus and was discipling us or having Bible studies to keep us engaged and challenge us in our faith. Uh, continue to pray and, and remember where you came from in terms of the, the spiritual seed that was planted and the discipleship that happened. And that can that needs to continue to happen. And, um, and so I wish I would have had somebody like you guys to do that yeah. you know whether it's you know uh, uh, AIA on campus campus for Cru- or campus crusade for Christ whomever but 
we didn't have that at the time. And no. so they did, you know, they did some social things, but it wasn't like church. And and we were, and quite frankly, I wasn't, we weren't in that <laughs> space. I mean, I, we was a, I was a believer, yeah. but I wasn't trying to find a church home in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. You know, um, the most church I was getting was from mass um, and hearing a message and I wasn't Catholic. And, but, you know, we get church when I go back home. So to be able to have something like that, that's kind of a, you know, something that we can all kind of now gravitate toward and make our own and be more relational, intentional about our own spiritual growth um, during that time. I think you guys are exactly that. And um, I wish we'd have had that growing yeah. back in the day. Not that we, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know if we were in a space, like we, it, I don't know if we were in a space in college. Um, that if those people were around, we actually would have listened to them. Um, we were probably that statistic of kids who grew up in the church. And then when they get to college, they, they fall away from it for, for whatever reason. Um, but when we went, when Bryant finished playing, we, we coached, we moved like five times in six years coaching. Um, so one stop was at University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Where, um, where we were able to interact a lot more with the players and their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that, that stuck out for me, because we did do um, like a, a Bible study for um, some of the, the female athletes, that one thing that stuck out was the need for community. And, what, and I think that's what we did not have at Notre Dame, a spiritual community, because mm-hmm. we weren't Catholic. Um, Brian and I are both raised Baptist. Um, and so we didn't, we didn't feel like, okay, we don't belong in a Catholic mass like that. We don't, we don't feel comfortable because we don't know what's going on. And, um, but, but we didn't have a spiritual community. We didn't have people to go to, to ask those questions. And when we, when I saw it at UF, when I saw young people, especially like some of the guys that, that Bryant coached and their girlfriends who were holding each other accountable to the point that they're like, okay, Mrs. Y. Like they would come over to our house and be like, Mrs. Y, can, can you take my girlfriend home? Because if I take her home, I know what's going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay, like, like baby in tow, let's go. I'm going to take the girlfriend home because we want to, you know, and so they, and I saw college students for the first time doing it in a way that I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, like you guys can actually like hold each other accountable, live transparent lives, be honest about where you are and people still love you through that. Um, and it not be like, you know, you're going to hell in a handbasket because you slip up, you make a mistake or whatever. Or the, the other thing is kids who come in who have, who haven't had that, that church background or that, um, spiritual background, it was a safe space for them to ask questions where they're like, okay, I know I should know this, but what's the difference between the new Testament and the old Testament? I don't know that I was never taught that. Um, so it's a, a safe space to come and ask questions. And I think that especially on a college campus, when kids are exploring, young adults are exploring things anyway, to have people or have a, a person that they can go to, it's, and it's actually discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard if you're not like, if you're not looking for it, like some kids go to college looking for it. And some kids are like, wow, this just found me. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then too, the, the transparency of having that connection with, you know, whether it's a, a mentor or, or uh, Bible teachers, couples, whatever that is, but being able to have somebody in place as you're, cause you're going to struggle as a young mm-hmm. Christian, especially in that environment, but to be transparent and, um, and have somebody there that could help you through the struggle, because, you know, when we think about 
fallen and committing sin, you know, we just think that we're the scums of the earth sometimes because we we're so hard on ourselves. But <clears throat> but when you have people um, who are trying to disciple you and help you grow in that way, I, I think it makes it a lot a lot easier for sure. Um, having somebody in place. Yeah, so we we would not be the model for college. <laughs> you guys miss that part of the college coaching situation, the mental. Uh, yeah, dude, uh, I'd miss it in this aspect from the because you get a chance for to really speak and help de develop a person the age from seventeen to twenty two to twenty three year old, and so that that in itself is unique because. Like Kristen alluded to earlier, we we've, we had the opportunity to uh, have these young men over to our house and, and get outside of football because you really want to know and you want the kids to know that you you really genuinely care about them mm -hmm. and you want the best for them. And so um, to be able to have that type of platform to do that uh, was one of the biggest attractions and the things that I liked about college coaching. Um, is that we got we got an opportunity to do that. Not to say that it can't be done on the professional level, but it's more of a challenge because guys now have families um, and, mm -hmm. you know, not to say that they're not listening and continue to grow as people, but, you know, they just have different other responsibilities as, as, as adults. Yeah. 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 And in college, I think um, because Brian and I met in college, um, it, it gives credibility. To, to that. So the guys wouldn't just be the guys, be their girlfriends too. Um, and then um, also Bryant coached for two years with the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, and, and professionally, those guys aren't really looking for a mama figure, <laughs> you know, in, in college, they, they're more, mm -hmm. you know, they're more willing to have, Oh, Mrs. Well, I'm going to come over. You're going to cook me a meal. You know, we're going to hang out at your house. We're going to sit on your couch and we're just going to talk and veg out on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, in the pros, it's a job, yeah. you know, and on Saturday and Sunday, you're not hanging out as much at, at your coach's house. Like that's, that's not like first on your list to do. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we miss, we miss being in a college town, mm -hmm. um, Saturday football, um, our kids grew up on in it, but in fact, both of our, our two that are in college, that was one of the criteria for their college choice was that they wanted it to have a, a, a football program and it be kind of, yeah, they wanted the whole college experience. experience. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's how they grew up. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's really, really fun. Um, okay. So I have to ask you, tell me about your Jesus story. Like you guys, we know you now and, or have been around you a little bit now and obviously you're fully dedicated followers of of Christ. And so what did that look like for you? Like, when did, when did, um, when did this happen for you after college? I assume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Believers before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Believers accepted Christ. At, I mean, I was eight years old, got baptized in 1980 and, um, Still got my certificate. Of baptism. <laughs> you got your white Bible too. <laughs> you I, didn't your get, white, I didn't get the white you, Bible. I got the white Bible. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, but you know, and then you know, having my dad there to to be a spiritual leader and and have those uh, Bible studies and and just to pour into us. But as we know, as we grow in, a, in that relationship with Christ, becomes about our own, and we have to continue to develop that. And I could say I didn't always have a personal relationship with Christ 
you know, um, as I went through, you know, part of high school and then uh, college and then early part of my professional career, it was a rededication of my my commitment to Christ um, some years after I got into the NFL. And so, um, yeah, it was a journey and this it continues to be a journey. You know, I still make a ton of mistakes um, and, you know, but God is is bigger than our mistakes. Um, so um, it's all about growth and, and to be able to connect with like-minded people and to seek out other like-minded couples um, that, that can continue to help us grow and mature. And, and then too, learning how to be uh, vulnerable to really, um, and going, as you go through some of the hard things, you have to really be vulnerable in terms of being transparent about the things you may be feeling, you may be dealing with or struggling with, uh, that's when the real growth occurs. So, you know, with um, imperfections and a ton of mistakes, uh, growth continues to happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And and mine was mine was was similar. Brian and I talk a lot about how we both grew up in a church, but um, but I was literally one of those kids who did not know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. And I taught Sunday school um, after I got out of college. Um, but, but it was for, for me, it was saving grace when I was 12, um, just enough to know that I wanted that, what my sister had the year before, which was the white Bible, the party, she got baptized, everybody loved it. Um, but I didn't, I I wouldn't open my, I wouldn't open my Bible on my own and just be like, wow, I'm just going to read about Jesus. It, It might as well have been Latin to me. Um, and actually Lori Stenstrom, the Steve and Lori Stenstrom came to, the Niners. And there was a couple of years, like Bryant's rookie year when they went to the Super Bowl and they were doing great. Like the, 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 on the field, it was great. And then all of a sudden we tanked and we were just horrible on the field, but off the field, God was bringing amazing people to the Niners, like um, Todd and Susan Peterson, Tony and, and Scott Gregg, um, Lori and Steve Stenstrom. And, and then there was a young crew of guys that came in that were married. Like they got married their senior year in, in college and they came in married. And our, we had couples Bible study back then. We had like the men's Bible study at, at the facility. We had a women's Bible study. And so we just had a good group of people. And, and right, right before that, we had our first daughter. And for me, I was having a, having a baby made me confront okay, I wear a cross around my neck, but I, I have not opened my Bible really to study it. Um, I don't, I did not know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. And, um, and Lori Stenstrom came and invited me to Bible study fellowship. Right at the same time, I read um, the Left Behind series, which there were like 88 books in the Left Behind series. And I think I got I read the first one and I was scared that I was going to be left behind. Yes. And then, um, and it got my attention. But I know. And see, this is how God used it. Right. So he got my attention with the left behind series. And then Lori Stinger invited me to Bible study fellowship. And I ended up doing that for, um, for, I, I did back then it was like seven years, I think. So I did all seven years. Um, and that's kind of what got me on the journey of realizing, okay, I don't have, a, I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. I had enough to, to be saved and accept him as my savior, but there was no personal relationship. Um, and so, yeah, so football, I think, um, was, was very instrumental. And in, at least for me, like stop, stop being lukewarm and getting off the fence. Yeah. That's how it was for us too. Baseball was a huge community. Like you were talking about, Brian, like just having a community of people that encouraged us and where you could be vulnerable with those 
with your closest friends and you grow. And, and my story is very similar. I was raised in a church and, and I was baptized and I got the party and the certificate and the whole thing. And, um, you know, and then as you, as you grow very similar to what you're saying, I just kind of, um, just went through a slump about a three-year slump of like not knowing who I was or what in the world. And, um, and then I, I rededicated my life to Christ in college and it's just been a, a steady growth with tons of mistakes and God's blessed me with a lot of people to help, help me along the way. And, um, and yeah, very similar. That's cool. I love, I love y'all story for sure. And so how about mentors? Like you mentioned Lori and Steve, that's something that we love to ask our, on the podcast is just different mentors in your life. Um, because it's, it's cool to reflect back and, and see the faithfulness of God through other people. And so maybe Mm -hmm. some mentors in your life and then maybe, and maybe some examples of people that you've had an opportunity to kind of step in and, and shepherd. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say that, um, mentors have been really critical, uh, and, and important in our Christian development. Um, I can remember back in 99, um, um, I had 98, I had a really bad uh, leg break and and literally God had me flat on my back and, and had my attention. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, so that was, that was kind of the, the beginning of my wake up call um, in terms of um, just really being intentional and trying to grow. Um, and so, but in 99, as I was going through, uh, rehab and, um, our pastor, uh, at the time, uh, we church we were going to called us and another couple, uh, into his office at the end of church. And, um, he wanted us to get together and, and have this couple pray for us. And that, that ended up being, you know, some really important people in our life in terms of just uh, Christian, you know, discipleship and mentoring. Um, so Chad and Brenda, they mm-hmm. were very, yeah. very in- instrumental yeah. in our, spiritual, in our spiritual, spiritual life. Yeah. That, and that, and what you, you broke your leg and you asked pastor Paul to pray for you mm-hmm. and, um, and he forgot. And so the day you, the Sunday you came back, oh. Mm-hmm. I was getting on the short. Oh, time. sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So sure. Yeah. So, but, but again, like to see how God works that like Bryant broke his leg and that was probably very painful for him. But, um, but I, but, but looking back and seeing that, that how even in that kind of thing where he, Chad and Brenda became our accountability partners, like, like literally they, they could ask us any question, anytime they could ask our spouse, any questions and, and we could do the same for them. Um, and, and, and they were probably the ones who, um, I know Brenda was the person who I would meet with, if not every week, every other week. And, and she was a person I'm like, I know I'm supposed to know this, but what's the difference between the old Testament and new Testament. And so she was the person I could go to, to ask any, any questions about the Bible, any questions about like this, this doesn't make sense to me. So in the, in the sense of discipleship, like that's what I feel like that relationship was, um, with, with them. Right. I would say Mm -hmm. that. Um, and then, um, and then as far as us mentoring, us mentoring, like I guess you asked. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the girls you've developed a relationship with that UF, uh, it's been really 
rich for you all that you continue to be a big part of a spiritual journey as a mentor. Um, um, same here, just as we became the older uh, couple, or old, one of the oldest players on the wiser? Are we yeah. older or wiser? Older and wiser. We're trying to apply it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so we, we inherited, you know, toward the last Mm-hmm. Three or four right years here. of our, our career in San Francisco, we had an opportunity to really um, latch on and speak into some young couples' lives, and um, and so that that was you know in a in a way for us to continue to pay it forward in terms of now we share and disciple uh, those that are are in our sphere of, uh, of, and community, mm-hmm. and so uh, we've had the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and then me as a, as a coach, having an opportunity to maybe talk to other coaches, young coaches um, that are believers and some of the struggles that they deal with. I had an opportunity to build a relationship with um, with a couple people in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of the things about longevity is, especially when Bryant was playing, is that that. I remember being like the rookie fiance. I was never the girlfriend, but it seemed like there's like these steps, girlfriend, fiance, wife, right? And that's how, I I don't know, it's kind of the women, we're kind of catty like that. We can be catty like that sometimes, right? Um, And because of what, because of what we experienced, like when Brian, like his rookie year, like there was a good group of people there, but there, but, but, but when we got older, there was also a group of older, wiser um, women who we were like, you know, we're setting the tone for how and 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 it's going to be one and 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 it may not be we weren't saying oh we're going to set christian ideals that's that's not what we were saying but just like we're going to set one of acceptance and everybody's in the fold and nobody feels left out and and stuff like that so and that's the cool thing about um being being with the niners for so long um was that we you know we we got to be those people that that set the tone on the field and off the field like we're a, a, a big family um and and stuff like that so that was cool and then being in college coaching it felt that that same way like the coach um can set a whole tone for the guys that play under him and 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 if you're going to have these players over your house and you know is your, is your house going to be welcoming and, and our kids looked up to oh i mean we we saw max when the niners played um, we have a friend Arizona. who played for Arizona and our, you know, and our kids are like, that's Max, that's Max, you know? So it's, you know, so, so you create that tone where, where you're welcoming and, and the guys know, like they know who, who, who are the people that are actually living out those ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they will gravitate toward you. They may not gravitate toward you on a Saturday night or a Friday night, mm-hmm. but come Sunday or Monday when there's a problem and they know that you're trustworthy, they will, they will come to you and seek you out. Absolutely. It's building relationships. I mean, that's the beauty of, of what we experienced in, in professional baseball is just the opportunity to build relationships with, with all kinds of kinds. Like that's what's so neat about pro sports is like all walks of life, all in, in baseball, it's such a world game. And so having the opportunity to just, just have um, a whole lot of us in one room working towards the same goal. It was just beautiful. That's the thing I missed the most when Matt retired was um, I need, I need more fun friends here in Oklahoma. <laughs> I miss yes. that. Yes. I yes. miss that for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So we asked this question on the podcast 
sometimes, but I feel like that you guys would be able to answer this question. And so if you could experience any miracle in the Bible, what would it be and why? <laughs> because what, what, what I should say, what I should say is because you probably won't brag on yourself. I'm going to brag on you real quick. So you do now know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You're getting a master's in divinity. That's um, really, really a big deal. And so I have a feeling you're going to know how to answer this question. I'm so excited to hear your answer, Christian. Ooh, okay. Well, I, I, my reason for answering this question with this, with this miracle is not necessarily because I have, I, I've studied it or I'm, I'm studying it in seminary, but it's just because of our, our personal experience of, uh, uh, five years ago, we lost our second son to cancer when he was 15 years old. So, um, so in my mind, I always think that, um, you know, what that reunion is going to be like in heaven one day. And in my mind, I think I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, Colby. Oh, Hey Jesus. But I know like studying theology that, that I'm probably going to be like, Jesus. Oh, Hey, Kobe, how you doing? Um, so, so my, the, the miracle I would want, I, I, I want to know, I would want to be there for when Jesus raised Lazarus mm, from the dead. That was oh, was that yours? I was, um, I was about to give y'all a sermon. On. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that, that would, and, and I think I would want to be there more so to see his sister's reaction yeah. when they, when they alive. So, but okay. You can, no, no, I, no, you got to see your reason behind now. You gotta, yeah. I, so that was mine as well, uh, because of the the depth of uh, emotions and all that Christ went through and that he displayed, like he 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 had compassion and but he also knew what was to come mm-hmm. and then you know he had these feelings of, of of loss and he went through a depth of emotions uh, during that time. And then also just a picture of, um, you know, who God is, who he say is and the authority that he has, like for, for him to, to raise Lazarus from the dead, conquer sin and death in that moment and, and, um, have him the opportunity to bring him back. Like how, how can you not, how can you not a guy that was already mummified, buried and preserved, uh, uh, and, and then to see Christ go in and then raise him and call him specifically um, uh, to come forth. I mean, that, that I would have loved to, to, to have seen, but um, that is the true depiction of, of who Christ is, um, his love for us, um, all that transpired. And then, and then to just, um, you know, his, his compassion and his empathy and his, his depth of um, feelings for all of us. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. Okay, Kristen, you wrote something on your, um, on your blog. I believe it's a, anyway, it made me cry. I was reading last night. I was like, just to make sure that I knew you guys well enough to have this conversation with you. I had to do, I had to do some reading, but you put on here, the waves of life can break our souls. If our gaze is, if our gaze breaks from eternity, you're an incredible writer, by the way. Um, so talk about that a little bit. I just think when I read that sentence, it just really made me tear up because I think it's so beautiful first of all but um talk about that a little bit if you don't mind um I so so you so you know we talked about um at least for me I don't want to speak for Brian but but once I once I decided I needed to settle who 
who God was or what I knew about God, right? Like I had to make that decision. Is Jesus who he says he is? Um, I, I call those my Bible study lady years. Like I was, I was in a lot, <laughs> a lot of Bibles. I went from BSF to precepts. I was doing Biola. I was trying to get a certificate on apologetics at the same time. So I was acquiring a lot of knowledge, like knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Um, but that, but the, and for me, the way I think I, I'm a, I think a lot. Um, I'm an Enneagram five. If you guys have done the Enneagram, I'm just in my head a lot. Um, and so, but there wasn't a connection between the heart and my, in my head really about like, okay, like you have this, like, what does this mean that you're acquiring all this knowledge? And so when Colby got sick in 2014, um, I had to stop all the Bible study stuff. Like, and I just had to sit at Jesus's feet, like, you know, Mary and Martha. And, and, and then I had to decide, do, do I believe what God says? Do I believe what Jesus says? Do I believe what God says in the Hebrew Bible? And do I believe that Jesus is who he says he is? And if, and if I, if I do, then I need to live this out. Like I, I need to live out what I believe to be true and not just make it be a head knowledge type of thing. Um, and so Colby, we, we fought for a year and then we thought Colby um, was in remission and he relapsed. And then the next year we were, we spent a lot of the next year either doing a clinical trial or um, preparing Colby to, to see Jesus face to face because we knew his type of, of cancer that he had, if he relapsed, it was going to be fatal. So, um, so in that moment when we thought, okay, we're going to have to release Colby back to, to God, like we, like we were just stewards of, of his soul <laughs> while he was here. Um, I had to decide like, if I'm living for right now, or am I living for eternity? Because eternity, if I'm living for eternity, then I know I'm going to see my son again. Like I have to believe that Jesus, that, that when Jesus says that, that we will see, that I will see him again. Um, and, um, and then if, if I'm also living with eternity in view, that means that, you know, we, we sometimes seem to think that, that earth should be heaven and that heaven is hell, right? Nobody wants to die to get to heaven. So, so I'm also living with the fact that I'm going to die one day. And what, what, what do I want? What do I want my, my personal legacy to be um, when, when I leave? Um, and, and that also makes me like going to seminary um, because people said some crazy stuff to us, <laughs> crazy stuff to us when Colby was, was sick. And I'm like, I know that's not my Bible. Like, I absolutely know that is not my Bible. You just told me. So, um, so for me, it's like living with eternity, with eternity in mind is I, I want as many people to know the Jesus that we knew and experienced, um, and experience every day, um, walking in grief and living, living that out well. Um, but also, you know, the, the choices that I make now, um, and again, not perfect. Brian can probably list <laughs> five things <laughs> that I consistently, like God is like, are you ever going to stop that? Um, but but he's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she right. She right. Um, but, 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 it, but it's also just, just knowing that, I, that it's okay that I'm not perfect. Um, I just need to be a Christ follower. And what does that, what does that mean today? What does that mean this minute? What does that mean this hour? Because there is going to come an eternity um, that, that I am looking forward to. Um, and death doesn't, you know, there's, there's still a grief there, but death doesn't hold a sting like it used to. Um, and that, and I think that's something that both Brian and I, you know, we say like, if we die, we get to see Colby. If we stay, we're, we're here with our kids. Like it's a, it's, it's a win-win 
situation. So for us right now, so, so yeah. That's beautiful. You're such a good writer. So thanks. <laughs> so good. Thank you. So good. I love what you said. That that's so encouraging to me. It encourages my heart for sure. Um, okay. Do you want to ask? Okay. The, so the last question I question. yeah. So the podcast is called Table Forty. So table mean that when we played, we used to have people over all the time. Kind of like you guys. We we still have people at our table all the time. Um, so if you had dinner tonight at a big table with lights and power, which we'll be sitting in the dark campfire. It'll be fun though. Okay, yeah. So your dinner would be tonight would be when, by, by a campfire. Um, who would be there? You have eight or ten people, your family's already there, but like past and present, um, eight or ten people, and what are you what are, what are you guys eating? Um, I'm gonna be a gentleman. Oh, you can know. I did. I answered the other question first because you already you know that you know the answer to what we're eating. No, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, Ladies first. So I'm gonna do the eating because I hate to cook. So yeah. whatever we're eating, it's because Bryant has grilled it. <laughs> so or else it's gonna be a big big salad. It could it could be something you've had at a restaurant. Like, yeah. You know, like your favorite restaurant or favorite food you've ever had at a restaurant. It can be it can be brought in. Okay, no, you know what? You know what Bryant does every the past like the past five years. No, no, I'll tell you a simple meal. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, steak. Okay. Um, and um, just garlic and olive oil, salt and pepper um, on the grill, and with uh, sweet potato and or. Um, Is it going to be Japanese sweet potato or just regular sweet potato? Well, sweet potato, yeah, sweet potato cubed. And then um, Brussels sprouts. Not asparagus? I thought you were going to say That you would make. Oh, okay. And yes. then I would do the asparagus on the grill. So we're going to have two greens and then a sweet potato and then a big meat in the steak, New York strips. Wow. Well, yeah, that, that sounds good. What's that? What's that? This Japanese style sweet potatoes. Is that what you asked him? Yeah, well, uh, Japanese sweet potatoes. It's a, oh, it's a clear look. Yeah, clear looking one. Um, it's absolutely good. You don't have to add any sugar to it. None. I think the only place that sells them here is Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah, so right. sprinkle some cinnamon on there, and maybe butter. a little butter. Okay. No right. sugar. I thought you like you did a style. I was like, well, I need to know I've what that ne- style is. Never heard of that. <laughs> no, no, God, God made them like that. So uh, right. we have to give credit to Him. It's actually a, a, a white potato, but it's it's sweet. Nice. Oh, I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. So are you a green egg guy or are you like a normal grill guy? I'm a grill guy. List them all. List them all, honey. So I grew up on a charcoal grill pretty much or a side smoker. Um, But I have a green egg. I have a Traeger. um, And I do have the old reliable uh, Weber, uh, the little kettle one. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, so you just I, got rid of the electric one. Yeah, you got an electric so no one. more. Ele- I don't, yeah, I don't use gas to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah just got rid yeah, of. Yeah, if it ain't got grills, fire, and and smoke, it's it's not it's not barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so but yeah, I love the barbecue. So I'm a fan of the big green egg and the Traeger. Traeger's cheat smoking though. This tastes so. You much need a smoker. That's what but you I, don't I have. Don't, you I don't have a, a side smoker. You need right a, you need a, yeah. You need a, yeah. a real like. Then you have reached the yeah. the. Yeah, we'll, the we'll nirvana of grilling. <laughs> so, okay, so okay, so the people. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I, I know. I, I would want Colby. 
so past or present, right? So Colby would have to be, Col Colby used to love to cook. So, um, so best meal? Hmm? what do you make? What was his best meal? Steak and asparagus. And he made, he loved to make this uh, chicken stir fry. Oh yeah. Chicken stir fry yeah. and fried chicken. Fried chicken was well. He liked fried chicken, but he didn't yeah. like cooking it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's messy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would have uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. He would have to come. He'd have to like steak. So, um, who would? You I, I would say for me, um, the past or present, it would be Paul. Ooh. And um, and his and just I want to hear about his from his time when he was Saul to his his uh, transformation and then just sit up under him and have a conversation because I mean, he went through so much, mm -hmm. but he had so much zeal mm -hmm. and um, you know, whether dead or alive, it was an advancement for the kingdom. Um, and so, um, yeah. He, so he's, Paul? He, I, I would have to ask, I would be like, Paul, like when you're writing this letter, like what did you really mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah so. there's a lot of things, you know, <laughs> yeah. can you clarify can, that? Can search for understanding, but, but yeah, what would be his perspective as a, as a firsthand uh, writer of that? So, and, and then I would have everybody in Maverick City Music, Lecrae, oh, come and sing. So they, I mean, they would all have to come. <laughs> so, does that count as one? Like one, like Maverick City Music would all have to be there, and Tasha Cobbs. So, it, yeah, so it would be Lecrae, Tasha Cobbs, and, and Maverick City Music would be people. Mm -hmm. I, I I hope when I die, like one of my rewards is that I can sing. Oh yeah, I mean, or just be neighbors with them. <laughs> that would be great that too. too yeah. That would be great too. Um, They're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. Um, anybody else? You said Paul. Yeah. Anybody else? I think Jesus would be understood. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, right. Jesus. For sure, Jesus. Jesus would have to come. Um, who? I would think. I, okay, so I don't want to. So we have a lot of biblical characters. Um, I would, I would also, um, I, I would want Oprah. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, Oprah would have to, we she have to like, she would be, it would be a great, like, she'd be a conversationist, you know, she would start conversations, ask thoughtful questions. Um, everybody likes Oprah. Yeah. Oprah I'm, would be, you know, she would just be somebody who would. And then Paula Jesus could be like, remember all those good sayings you had Oprah? Those were actually biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so the other day we had um we Martin Luther King's a, a guest at a lot of tables on Table 40 podcast. And so something that I want to ask you just out of curiosity, because I know your passion for social justice. What do you think he would say now if he's at your table in 2021? Mm. Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, I think he, I think he would say, have y'all read, you know, how now shall we live? Like I pretty much, <laughs> um, gave the blueprint, um, for where he thought, you know, we, we need to go. Um, I, I think he, I think he was so insightful. Uh, I think 2020 taught us to go back, well, taught me at least, to go back and read some of the things that he said um, and, and skate. And, 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 you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just Martin Luther King. It was, 
It was also people like Malcolm X, who is obviously not a Christian, but his, his discernment about the state of society, um, especially when it comes, when it came to ethnic um, and racial issues, um, going back and reading, reading his work through the lens of, of what happened and in, in what's been happening um, since last year is, um, is very insightful. Um, and Bryant and I have, you know, we've talked a little bit about how as people of color, um, feeling like our generation, like my, my parents, um, our parents did a lot of stuff um, in the 50s and 60s with civil rights. Um, but our generation um, was kind of, especially in the, in the African-American community, like we felt like we were, we were the ones being the only, like when we went to Notre Dame, it was 4% minority. Mm-hmm. So that means all of us, people of color was 4%. Um, and so that, and that can be hard when you're in that environment and, and you're not used to being in an environment where you're, you're the minority in that way. Um, but I feel like we were, we have been so used to being the only in those environments that we didn't really carry that mantle, that torch that people like Martin Luther King Jr. were, were handing off to us. And now we're seeing that where we're like, whoa, wait, wait a second. You know, like there's some things that, that we, that, that we didn't, that we have not done, that we haven't been as vocal about. And I talk about this a lot, just in being in seminary where I don't see a lot of people that look like me, either from a female perspective or for a person of color perspective, because historically we have not been in those spaces. Um, and, and how do we make the effort to, to have round tables where there's nobody sitting at the head except for Jesus. Um, and we are all learning from each other. Uh, I think there's a much rich, uh, a much more rich experience um, that comes from that, where I can learn from my my sister who is Asian. I can learn from my 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 brother who's um, Mexican. I can learn from my 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 you know my other brother over here who's from India. Um, scriptures come alive in that way, and iron can sharpen iron in a in a much I think more um, revel, revelation um, type of way. Revelation twenty one, where you see all the nations come together. So. Um, so I think that's, gosh, I, I said a lot, but I, I think Martin would be like, we, we still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of work to do. I think to sum it up, we, um, I think what, what she would say, I'm just taking from what you're saying, that we have become the beneficiaries of a lot of the hard work and sacrifice and uh, selfless acts that, that they fought for. Like, But we also need to continue to, generationally back in the day to be benefactors and continue to speak about and and, and seek understanding and, and continue to have compassion for one another so we need to continue to do you know work um there's been progress but i think um you know there's there's much more that that can be done to make sure that that we're all um in it together and we understand each other more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good man i wish we were neighbors so yeah, <laughs> you guys. Yeah, are how's so the weather in Oklahoma? I don't know. It seems kind of cold. Texas is nice right now. Really it's nice. Really, uh, you guys don't get snow, right? Not really. And this winter has been, cross your fingers, has been really, really nice. It's been seventy-five today and sunny, so it's. Okay. Oh, yeah. so we, we, we could you know we're we living in Cal- yeah California made it made us made our blood really thin. So we yeah. We used to live in Jupiter, Florida, so we're mm-hmm. for a while. So we're 
it's been a nice winter so far. Yeah. In yeah. a college town, I really feel like this checks all your boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Does the population go down like during Christmas break and summer break and yes. all of those things? Yeah. So, all there's good real, of so there's nothing outside of still water much. Mm -mm. It's about, yeah. about an hour from Oklahoma City and an hour from Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. Kind of in the middle. Yeah. It's a college yeah. town for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's nice. That's, 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 that's nice. That's nice. The fact that you guys get to um, be a part of these young adults' lives now, I think, is so critically important and rich. Um, so I, I, awesome. I pray for you in that way that God uses you in, in ways you couldn't even imagine uh, as, in your ministry. It. I appreciate yeah. it. It's been, good. it's been awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, what what steps time, do you have with, to make uh, to turn your lights, lights on? on. <laughs> I know. Our whole neighborhood is dark right now. <laughs> so it's a good thing that this is not like Zoom with video because it, like we are we have one flashlight with our, our 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 phone with our flashlight, but we're looking out my window. Our whole neighborhood is dark. Yeah. So um so 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 across the way you got power. Hmm? Is there any trucks oh. out working or anything? I, I think oh. a couple of our neighbors on the other side. Oh, well, of the street I mean, yeah. Generators. Trainer, yeah, we do. We, we keep saying that. Like, the next car out there, I'm getting <laughs> We're the generators. Yeah, we need a generator. Yeah. And you're like, nah, we never need a generator. And you're like, you never need Yeah, one. except for that one time you need yeah. one. Yeah, one um, time. When, when, when is that going to happen? I know. But every year, like, we have one major power outage. Yeah, during COVID, we had a tree that we had uh, several it's trees. I mean, big old oak trees uh, falling down because we had a really bad winter storm. But we were we, we were out power for about what three days, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we said we were gonna get a generator back then, but clearly. <laughs> so we don't have one. Yeah, we don't have one. Either. No, we we could use one. We too. probably should get one just in case. Yeah, hey, you guys, you get tornadoes much? Yeah. How about uh, every now and then? But yeah, you can, until you do, and then you need it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Or else we go spend the night at a hotel. Yeah. Right. We've done that before. I've done that before. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I stayed back in a hot house. Yes. He you were you took one for the team. It was summertime. We had no power. Oh. So he took the house. And that's, the kids and I that's my worst nightmare. That's Matt's worst nightmare. I don't sleep well when I'm hot. Oh, me and you I'm the same way. <laughs> Cannot do it. It was the worst night of my one of the worst <laughs> nights. You know, sleeping. Yeah. Hot. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks you guys. for doing this. I know. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportspectrum.com.